Hi, this is Steve Nellick from Cheap Astronomy. So finally, the 9th of May 2009, Cheap Astronomy sponsored day, and she read out the domain name. You know, her. Visit the website at www.cheapastronomy.com. So, she didn't get it quite right. It's actually uh, cheapastro.com. But hi. And this is One Crowded Second. This is the first of two podcasts on the timeline of the Big Bang and subsequent events in the formation of the cosmos. Zero. The Planck Epoch. Any period up to 10 to the power of minus 43 of a second is a Planck unit of time, essentially the smallest unit of time there can be, meaning that it's indivisible. So there's no point talking about a sequence of events taking place in a unit of Planck time, since you can't say in the first half of the Planck unit this happened, and in the second half of the unit that happened there isn't really enough time for anything to happen. So, let's just say that in the Planck Epoch, a potential universe sat poised and ready. 10 to the power of minus 43 seconds. The Grand Unification Epoch. Suddenly, something happened. Quantum physics suggests that gravity split out from the other fundamental forces the strong, weak and electromagnetic forces, which still remained in a state of unified equilibrium. General relativity, preferring to maintain that there is no such thing as a force of gravity, suggests that a singularity began to unravel into space-time. A yet-to-be-articulated theory of everything would presumably say both these things, but perhaps in a whole different way. In any case, from here, both space and time begin to mean something as the primordial universe begins to occupy a larger volume in a progressively sequential manner, or to put it another way, it begins to expand over time. 10 to the power of minus 36 seconds, the electroweak epoch. Expansion reduces the energy density of the still utterly tiny primordial universe which means it begins to cool sufficiently to break the symmetry, or the previous state of unified equilibrium, of the strong, weak and electromagnetic forces. The strong force separates first, which is hypothesised to coincide with an also hypothesised cosmic inflation. And it's, well, hypothesised that this is something analogous to a phase transition. For example, at the moment a pond of water in a liquid phase freezes into a pond of ice in solid phase, there is a detectable release of energy called latent heat. So, it's hypothesised that the splitting off of the strong force from the remaining unified forces is analogous to a phase transition resulting from the ongoing cooling of the primordial expanding universe and a preposterously large amount of expansive energy, roughly analogous to latent heat, is produced. Or, to put it another way, 10 to the power of minus 35 seconds, the inflationary epoch. In this epoch, the latent heat type of expansive energy 
also known as negative pressure vacuum energy, increases the volume of the universe at an exponential rate. Indeed, in this period, it seems clear that space-time expanded at a rate exceeding the speed of light, which is okay since the rule is that you can't move through space-time at a velocity exceeding the speed of light. No one said anything about how fast space-time could move. By 10 to the power of minus 34 seconds, it's thought the radius of the universe expanded from 10 to the power of minus 50 metres up to a full 1 metre and just kept going from there. By 10 to the power of minus 32 seconds, exponential inflation was petering out, but by then the universe was becoming truly cosmic in scale. It's this sudden explosive expansion that is thought to have given the universe the qualities it possesses today, which are that it is isotropic and flat. Isotropic means it looks pretty much the same everywhere you look. Indeed, when you measure the cosmic microwave background, its temperature is pretty much the same everywhere you look. Flat means that it's spread out wide, kind of like a spread out tablecloth, except not really. There's some great astronomy cast episodes in this area if you enjoy hearing people trying to explain hyperspatial geometry in plain English. Quantum physicists enjoy explaining everything in terms of particles and so propose that cosmic expansion was driven by inflatons. Indeed, an inflaton scalar field, which is what underwent the phase transition mentioned earlier, reducing to a lower, almost zero energy state and as a consequence releasing gargantuan amounts of energy which becomes the current energy mass content of the universe being all that heat and light and stars and galaxies and stuff. As well as inflatons, other exotic and as yet undetected particles, such as the Higgs boson, are thought to appear in this epoch. There is some anticipation that the Large Hadron Collider will be able to perhaps identify the Higgs boson. 10 to the power of minus 32 seconds, the Desert Epoch. There's a bit of a pause immediately after the end of inflation when the energy density of the universe is still too high for anything new to form out of it, although it is still expanding and hence also cooling. If you want to make a coffee or something, this is a good time to do that. 10 to the power of minus 12 seconds, the quark epoch. From here we begin to move into the better understood territory of a primeval universe composed of particles that can be recreated in today's particle accelerators. Needless to say, in the quark epoch, there are lots of quarks, as well as some leptons, like electrons and neutrinos, gluons, which mediate the strong force, W and Z bosons, which mediate the weak force, and photons, which mediate the electromagnetic force. Essentially everything that builds our current universe had come into existence, but the universe was still too hot and dense, and all these particles are in a state of constant interaction and thermal equilibrium. But remember, the universe is still expanding and cooling, so... 10 to the power of minus 6 seconds, the Hadron Epoch. Suddenly the universe is cool enough for neutrinos to decouple from the rest of the interacting plasma 
and begin to move freely through the universe at almost the speed of light, which is what they proceed to do, creating the, as yet undetected, cosmic neutrino background. Also, it is cool enough for hadrons to begin to form from quarks by becoming bound together by gluons, which mediate the strong force. However, most of them don't last long, as roughly equal numbers of hadrons and antihadrons form and begin to annihilate each other, by the end of which only a small residue of hadrons, including some familiar protons and neutrons, remain. And that is the end of the first second. <sighs> Thanks for listening. This is Steve Nerlick from Cheap Astronomy, www.cheapastro.com. Cheap Astronomy offers an educational website where cheapness is a cosmological constant. No ads, no profit, just good science. Bye.